Stop. Yeah. yeah. You have enough ideas. Put, so, put the rest back. Finish the story that you started. You're like, it's not a buy one, get one. It's like, not. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hour the Hundred podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is about, like, a doll that you owned when you were little, whether it be, like, a weird doll or just, like, in general. Um, I remember very clearly having this doll. She was, like, a glass doll, and she stayed in her box, Mm. and I'm pretty sure that To this day, she is still in her box in my closet in, like, back home. Okay. And her name was Rebecca. Was she haunted? I don't think so. Okay. Sometimes I talked to her, though. Did she reply? No, but I felt bad for her that she couldn't leave the box. Why, Why wouldn't you, why couldn't you take her out of the box? Because she was glass? Yeah. I think so. I think that's why, yeah. Okay. But I eventually got, like, a, like, we weren't allowed to have a Cabbage Patch doll unless they had the same birthday as us because Cabbage Patch dolls, like, they have a birthday. Okay. And so I eventually found the Cabbage Patch doll that had my birthday, and her name was Ashley Athena, and she's also at my house in, back in Alberta. That's freaking adorable. That's and so cute. I don't think Callie ever got one because we could never find one with her birthday. Oh. My sister. Yeah, but you can just find it online. Yeah, but we wanted to find it it's naturally. The chase. Yeah, yep. in the store. In the wilds. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And I had an American Girl doll that I was dying for. Like, I, I, I thought about her all the time. I had to have her. Her name was Felicity. Mm-hmm. And I got her for Christmas one year. And I, like, eventually, like, I had, like, a bed for her and, like, all of these things. And I was obsessed with her story and stuff. And that was, like, my most treasured doll. Wow. Yeah. Felicity. Felicity. Yep. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, I had this doll that was, like, one of those, like, real babies where you could, like, feed it and, like, yeah. it would cry and stuff. And, um, I loved that thing. And then my sister ripped the arm off and I never forgave her. What the hell, Morgan? Yeah. We were fighting over it, I think. And, uh, it just came off. That's so sad. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. It's okay. I probably did as bad or worse. Today we have words to say about episode 702 of The 100, The Garden. So this garden, this aforementioned garden, is very important throughout the episode. Oh, okay. So there you go. Okay. Um, so now we're going to do um, thoughts from listeners, and we got quite a few this episode. Just wanted to remind everybody that if you want your thoughts read out, um, I read out our emails and um, sometimes spo- uh, SoundCloud comments if they're, like, relevant. Mm-hmm. And um, on Twitter, I only read out ones that have the hashtag the100AF. So if you're live tweeting the episode, which we really appreciate, I love reading your guys' live tweets, you use uh, hashtag AFLiveTweet. Uh, but if you want your thoughts specifically read out, use hashtag the100AF. Thank you. So we're starting with Twitter. Um, and so we got a few tweets from at 
XOLovelyonied underscore SS that answered some of our questions for, like, we answered, we asked a bunch of questions, not really understanding some of the things that happened last episode. Um, and a lot of people reached out and explained them to us, which was super helpful. I was like, thank you. I'm sorry that we're dumb, but, um, we are. So, um, they said that their interpretation was, um, of, like, someone needs to represent the commander, but I'm hungry, was someone needs to go represent the commander, meant one of them had to actually go back to the palace to Wan Crew to represent Maddie, so they stay in line and follow orders, but Indra didn't want to and used her mom authority to make Gaia do it. Uh, yeah, okay, that's what I thought! But also, I'm like, but then, no one, but then you don't, then they just walk outside and do the picnic, though. Um, <laughs> and they also said that Nelson... They think Nelson was in the room that almost got lit on fire in the season six finale when Gabriel and Murphy beat all the true believers inside up to free them. That's probably the reason he knows that they're not Kaylee and Daniel. Gotcha. So there we go on that. A couple tweets from our friend Joanna at Veridissima. Um, the Russell line, which was about, um, Maddie and saying that if he had killed Maddie, she would understand. I read the Russell line not being as much about losing a daughter too, but about losing everyone. He's saying he's alone and Clark would understand that pain if she didn't have Maddie to live for. So that was her interpretation of that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and she also said that she really loved the headcanon about Abby's ring that you guys had mentioned the Cabby fandom has. Mm -hmm. But now, in reality, I don't think she had it in her pocket, just in her bag for the last year. Sometimes looking back, maybe on special dates. But then after losing Marcus, she found comfort on the other man she has always loved. With no material reminder of Marcus, she kept the ring with her going down to Sanctum to remind her how much love she has and that your loved ones never leave. Which I think is uh, a headcanon of her own, but is... Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more than the writers would have give, given thought to with mm-hmm. Abby, but I think that's absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on to SoundCloud, we got a couple of um, comments from at Lane Lot with... Yeah, they had a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. things to say, and I was really appreciative of like being like, okay, dummies, like... Yeah, <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, you're smarter than we are. Thank you. So one of their comments was, it's clearly established in 613 that Shadehead is on the Mothership computer and the computer can be used to remotely access MindDrive. So when I saw this, I was like, okay... I don't remember this. I need someone to elaborate. And luckily we got an email from someone that Mm -hmm. did elaborate on that for us. So thank you. So there we go. Um, And they also said from 608, uh, the toxic air shows your greatest fear or greatest desire and sometimes both at once, which is why Josephine is for Gabriel. Hope is for Dioza. Echo is for Echo. And being left alone and told to be quiet is for Hope. Okay. So great. Um, then we got a couple of emails. So we got an email from Ray V, who said that uh, she's from Australia and she listens to our Lost podcast. She wanted to pop in and say that she listened to our The 100 Pod for the first time. Oh, dear. <laughs> for 701. And she said she really enjoyed it. Um, she said, I haven't watched that show in a very long time. I was never a diehard fan, but podcasts are my company while I'm working from home at the moment. Cause big movie. Yeah. Yep. And as I'm constantly trying to fill my day, I thought I'd give it a shot, even though I'm not at all across whatever the situation is with those space children. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to 701. It was really fun to listen along with someone who also had no idea what was going on. I truly had no idea what was going on because I only recognized about four characters names and all the same. I had a good time. I did learn that my favorite character from when I did watch was dead, though, so that's a bummer. Oh, no, who was it? Yeah, when I got this email, I was like, ooh, I wonder who it was. And I was like, it could be anyone. There are so many options. I was like, I don't even know where to start when I guess. I'm going to probably guess it was either Monty or Jasper, because they were, like, everyone's Mm -hmm. favorites. I'll definitely tune in for the next episode, too. Looking forward to it. Thank you for putting out content. I know 
that a lot of time, effort, and passion goes into it. It's much appreciated. Oh, Aww, thank that's you. so sweet. Thank oh you. Oh my god, that's so nice. Yeah, people are nice, and I appreciate them. Um, and then we got a long email from Rhonda, um, and she wrote, like, quite a lot, so I picked some of my favorite points. Okay. She said that there are a lot of new people this season. Her only thought on that front is maybe they're either there to be a part of or at least referenced in the prequel. I agree. So that's probably why mm. there are a bunch of people. Um, she said that she really loved that Russell is kept prisoner in a place where he has to look at all the people he will never see again. Ooh. Right? Because he's in, like, the... Is that the skeleton room that he's in? No, he's in the, like, worship room, so they have, like, pictures of all the primes oh, up. Oh, okay. That is a good touch. Yeah. <laughs> the skeleton room. Yeah. Okay. I know exactly what you meant, though. Yeah. And she also said all the Murphy guilt makes her really sad. He may not be totally innocent with all the secret keeping and double dealing, but both Abby and Russell acted of their own volition. Abby chose to become a nightblood, therefore making herself a target, while Russell was out of control from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that... It's fair for Murphy to feel bad about it, but I definitely don't think that it was all his fault, and I don't think it was fair of Jackson to say that. Yeah, it's fair for Murphy to feel bad. It's not fair for other people to make him feel bad. Yeah. I I think, like, his thing with Clark and Josephine is a much more justified rage on the part, on, like, on the fart. On the part of Clark. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the last one that I'm going to read out today was from Katie, who we have heard from um, before and who we have met multiple times at Unity Days. So there's so much crime happening right now. Yeah. What could you, you're all supposed to be at home. What could you possibly be criming about? Ooh, let's come up with a theory. Okay, what do you think they're criming about? What do I think they're criming about? Someone lit a fire on the beach. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So Katie said, first of all, I'd like to thank you for continuing the podcast, even though it's difficult for you to have such enthusiasm for a show that has lost its luster with you. I've given up on shows before for various reasons, but I've not been locked into a podcast or discussion. I can imagine this is somewhat painful for all of you. Thank you. Yeah. I I honestly appreciate everyone so much for having empathy towards us and understanding that that this is hard but I'm genuinely so excited for this episode and I I was really impressed with it and I'm I'm I know for a fact that this episode will be much more positive than last episode. Cool. Um, Secondly, I'm intrigued by the new format, but the podcast of the first episode does cast some light on the shortcomings of such a format. This is some real constructive criticism that we are actually taking to heart and we're going to change some things this episode. Um, She said, trying to have a discussion about something where only one person has experienced it while others are commenting on it is kind of counterintuitive to me. The single person watching may miss some details or connections or simply interpret a scene slash theme differently than another viewer might. There was an example of this in the podcast early on. Also, the sole viewer's biases and opinions, no matter how much one tries not to, do bleed into the retelling of the story. But if this is how you can make it through the final season, I'll take it. So, um, first of all, this episode, uh, Sam and I have both seen it. So that kind of helps with that. But Sam has said that she's, Sam has said that she's not planning on watching every episode with me. So I urge people, if you hear something on the pod that you had a different interpretation of. interpretation of or you think that I was too harsh or too lenient or something, I urge you guys to let us know because we always want this to be a discussion. Yeah. And it's we don't want it to be one-sided. So, um, yeah, we're going to do our best with that. But once again, if something happens there, please get a hold of us. Um, regarding Gaia and why the lack of mourning for her father's death made her become a flame keeper, I interpreted that as she had no support from her mother and thus had no reason to stay around to become what she may have viewed as a heartless warrior like her mother. There was mentioned back in season three or four that Gaia was always interested in the religious aspects of the grounder culture more than the warrior aspects. 
The death of her father and the lack of emotion and ban on grieving from her mother may have been what pushed her over the edge to reject the warrior and become the priestess. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Clark didn't forget Maddie had a mom before her. She's just so focused on the now sometimes that the then doesn't occur to her. That's yeah. fair. Someone on the 100 Facebook page didn't understand how Shade had gotten to Russell either, so this was her reply. Mm-hmm. Late in season six, Shade had his program was isolated from the other commanders and uploaded to a computer in the Sanctum lab to save Maddie. Russell had also mentioned late last season that they can get into computer systems and mind chips remotely from space. They were unable to do that on the planet or moon because of the interference from the anomaly. That's how Shade had gotten to Russell. He remotely uploaded himself into Russell's mind chip. I believe they were far enough away from the anomaly that there wasn't any interference and the transfer was able to occur. I completely forgot about this and you know what if they said it then sure yeah (laughs) but she also mentioned uh as for why russell could be killed in his mind space while josephine couldn't that's a plot hole slash bad retcon yeah and there you go again i appreciate you continuing the podcast even in these trying circumstances and we'll continue to listen and i appreciate you understand that no one wants to listen to a podcast ragging on a show they like which is like my main like um concern my main concern and like my main like what's it called when like you have a company and then you have like one phrase that's like your you know i don't know we always had to do like company things and it was like what's your moral mission statement mission statement yes my mission statement on this podcast is not to make well just in general is not to make podcasts that are just ragging on things that people are listening for yeah i have confidence you'll all continue to make them entertaining and very much look forward to your recapping of the first three seasons of the hundred if you're still planning on doing that please tell me you're going to do that I'm still listening to the Riverdale podcast, though I'm a little behind, although I don't actually watch the show, and I will hope to someday watch both Lost and Picard. The fact that I haven't watched Picard is mind-boggling to me, as I've been a Trekkie since before you were born. Oh my god! (laughs) So I can listen to those as well. Keep up the good work and have a little fun while you're at it, Katie. Thank you. That's so sweet. Katie, thank you so much. It's, it's so, it just makes me so happy to know that the people who write into us are listening to us. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are the best type of people. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Really great comments. Um, like I said, if there's anything this episode that you want to add to the conversation, our email is aficionadospodcast.gmail.com. Um, our Twitter is at theaficionados, and you can use hashtag the100af for specific tweets that you want us to read out next episode. If you don't use hashtag the 100 AF, I'm not, I'm not looking at the, at anything else um, other than that when I'm like collecting the tweets. So you're going to want to make sure you use that hashtag. Um, Okay. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Now that we've gone, gone through our thoughts from listeners about last episode. Now I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Um, The first thing that I wanted to say is we already know that the timing is very off on either thing. And so I really like that this whole episode happens on Skyring, which is the place that they go to, because all of this is happening within like a few seconds, you know? So it's like, if you look at what happens in the first episode and we have the Sanctum stuff and the Anomaly stuff, as soon as they go into the Anomaly, nothing is happening in Sanctum while they're in the Anomaly. You know what I mean? Because, right. like, like, the time, time is, is so, yeah. yeah. 
They did an episode of Voyager with the same thing, and I always thought it was, like, such an intriguing, like, idea of having different time, like, bubbles Mm -hmm. in different planets, depending on, like, the rotation of the planet. Yeah. All right, so let's get started. Um, feel free to interrupt me, because I wrote this as one giant monologue this time, because I didn't like the way that I kept saying, and so, and so, and so, at the beginning of every sentence. So that's what I did, and... Feel free to interrupt me. Thank you. Okay. All right. The episode starts with Octavia swimming upwards, passing a bunch of jellyfish. These jellyfish weren't glowing per se, but some jellyfish do, which reminded me of her butterfly thing. And they, Yeah, they were kind of glowing yeah. from the green anomaly, though, so I'm going to go ahead and take that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope that they're bringing her back to season one, Octavia. Um, I am going to bring up Lost already. Oh, okay. So since we last recorded, um, it was the 10-year... Fi- uh, the 10 year anniversary of the Lost finale, and our friend Joe Garfine had a live QA with a couple of the actors from Lost, including Mr. Michael Emerson, who played Ben on Lost. Truly a king. And they were talking about the finale and, you know, the final season and everything, and he put it so beautifully. He was so eloquent about it. He said that there are some shows that are very narrative, you know, it's a very, it's like a line, you know? And Lost was one of those shows that, like, started in the middle and exploded outwards, he said. And and you have to, like, follow a bajillion different, like, little pieces, pieces yeah. of debris, you know what I mean? And in the final season, they took all of those pieces of debris and just brought them back to the center in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, I, I don't know, because it wasn't, like, a super obvious thing, but, like, the fact that we got kind of in my mind, a shout out to season one Octavia. I'm really hoping that that's what they're doing is they're just, they're taking all of it and bringing it back down to the center. I would love to see that. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want that for a final season. Yeah. Anyway, she breaks the surface and goes on to shore. Her arm is good again, which tells us where we are in Octavia's timeline. Mm -hmm. She hears screaming. She follows it and finds a little house that Dioza supposedly made herself... Um, not sure how she did that in her third trimester all by herself. It is revealed later in the episode that people cycle through here all the time, so maybe she just found the house. So I wrote that before I had finished the <laughs> rewatching the episode, and it is actually revealed who wrote, or who, uh, who built the house. Oh, okay. So Dioza did not build the house. Octavia runs inside, and it's Dioza giving birth! Oh my god. O is worried because it's too early. She was right behind Dioza going into the anomaly, but she's been there alone for three months. Time, am I right, ladies? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So not years, months. Months. Octavia helps Dioza give birth to Hope, and Dioza promptly passes out, but not before introducing Hope to Octavia as her friend. Aww! It's so cute. I love this relationship mm-hmm. so much. Octavia stops Hope from crying by putting her pinky finger in Hope's mouth, which is the thing that Bellamy did for her. We love a callback. Later that night, Octavia is trying to get Hope to stop crying, and the pinky thing isn't working. Dioza joins her outside and breastfeeds Hope, which we love to see on television. Yeah. Um, Dioza also uses the phrase conked out, which just sets, <laughs> like puts her right in our generation, yep. and I love that. Um, she also says, do I look like Einstein to you? I don't know if Octavia knows who Einstein is. Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I feel like a grounder wouldn't know who Einstein is, mm-hmm. but Octavia might, might from like maybe right, from like Earth history or something. Sure. Yeah, because they had more like records and stuff on the Ark. Right? Yeah. Oh wait, but she wouldn't have learned those because she couldn't go to school. Oh yeah, she never went to school. Oh. Never mind. You're right. Mm. Octavia wouldn't know. <laughs> They talk about how they are safe here, and Dioza is happy and willing to stay here forever, and invites Octavia to do the same. Octavia super wants to get back to her friends in Bellamy, though. Oh, uh, so, that's fair. Yeah. Flash forward three years. Jesus Christ. And toddler Hope is sleeping. 
Every day, Octavia tries to go back into the lake to try and get back to Sanctum, but she's never successful. We don't yet know how she did eventually get back. Scuba suit. That's relevant. That's relevant. Really? Yeah. She was under for 120 seconds this time and tries to think of more ways to stay under longer. Dioza reminds her of her SEALs training and that it's a bad idea. Dioza implores her to just give up and accept that they have a good life here. The day before, Hope named their planet Skyring because there's this, like, ring in the sky, kind of like as if you were, like, standing on Saturn. You would see, like, this <gasps> ring in the sky. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I so also that's... wondered if it was a callback to the Ark. It definitely sounds, like, when, when I yeah. heard Skyring for the first time, I was like, this is, like, we all we all know this ring in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely definitely a thing. And Octavia probably thought of that immediately when she heard of it. Flash forward another few years. Oh, by the way, I'm doing this chronologically, not chronologically of the episode, but chronologically of time. No, I support this. So, like, these are all, this, these flashbacks are littered throughout the episode. Okay. Flash forward another few years. Octavia's working on the titular garden with Hope. Um, where did they get all these seeds? I don't know. They have a garden? Yeah, they have Mm -hmm. a garden. And they have a bunch of seeds, including tomatoes, and I don't know where they got they got the seeds. That's so cute. is gonna start making dinner. Octavia makes a joke about being vegan. Oh my god! Which is funny because she was a can cannibal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also yeah. potentially Diosa's lingo again because would Octavia know what a vegan was? Oh, probably not. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, because you really really don't have a choice to be vegan on the Ark. Yeah. You get- like, supplements and stuff. Yeah, I don't know, it's probably a, it's probably a Dioza word. Yeah. They talk about how they eat jellyfish a lot, because that's really the only meat that they've got. So they're pescatarians. I guess so. <laughs> they make jokes about all the jellyfish dish. Yeah. Dishes. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's really cute. Dioza tells Hope that she has to do earth skills before dinner. Octavia's going to teach her how to sew. Um, Aurora was a seamstress, right? Yes. Yes. So that's how Octavia learned how to sew. Yeah. She asks if she can keep helping Octavia, and Dioza says that's okay. Hope wants to learn to fight like her mom and Octavia so she can help Octavia get back to Bellamy. That's so cute. She jumps on top of her- oh, go ahead. When the little actress who, like, is playing Hope at this point says, so she can help her get back to her brother. Yeah, she says brother. She's baby! She jumps on top of her trying to get her to scuffle. At one point, she pounces on her and her head hits something hard. They unearth a full-on head inside of a helmet. What? Yeah. You know, in the, like, in the trailer? (gasps) Oh, right! Hope screams, and Dioza yells at her to get inside. She and Octavia dig out this person who is not just a head, but does, in fact, have a body. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did this just show up, or has it been under their feet this entire time? It- what do you think, Sam? I think it's been under their feet the whole time. I think it has- I don't think there's any way for it to have just, like- popped into existence. Right, so. I don't think you can just show up, but, hey, like... the satisfaction I felt at that sound. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. But the thing is, like, how did they not see it before? Because they had already tilled the earth there? Well, maybe they were... Maybe this is the first time they had tilled the earth, and oh. they were, like, planting the garden, like, to begin with. Okay, yeah. And, like, they just hadn't... It's a little bit deeper than uh, what they had tilled mm-hmm. when Octavia hits it. I wonder who buried that person, then. Yeah, and also they didn't bury them very deep. Yeah. Octavia's excited because she can use the suit to stay under the water longer, which will give her a better chance to get back to Sanctum. Oh, so scuba suit. This is all her logic. I don't claim any of this because we now also know that you fully can't get back to Sanctum through the lake. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, that seemed too easy. Yeah. Also, the suit is probably biometric, so Bardo people would know that they were here if she put it on. That's what Dioza says. How does Dioza know that? She just guesses. Yeah, she's just assuming. Oh, okay. Octavia says she'll get back to Sanctum and bring an army there. Dioza doesn't want Hope exposed to that, 
and they're supposed to be her family as well. By the time Octavia gets back from, like, bringing an army, they'll both be dead, and Hope will have lived alone after Dioza died, and now she's mad at her, which, uh, which of course, reminded me of Monty and how once Harper passed away, yeah. Monty had to live alone as well. Can we talk about how, like, Octavia and Hope, like, co-parented a child? Literally. That's so cute. I'm like- she calls her Auntie O too, so I'm like, yeah. oh, so there's, so there's no, so there's no hope eh, yeah. of like a ship thing happening oh, here. Oh, I was like, y'all expect me to believe they've been on this place by themselves for ten <laughs> years, and you don't want me to ship it. Okay, but how old was Octavia when they got there? Like, like would that be weird? Twenty, twenty-five. Well, no. she was like what, like. She was like sixteen in, in one. Yeah. So then we'll say like and then she that's was like, like three years. Three or four years to the bunker, so that's 19, and then five years in the bunker, like, 24. Oh! So, okay, she's way older than I thought she was. Yeah. Later, Octavia in her well, new- Sorry, now she's, like, 30, so- Yeah. At least, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Later, Octavia in her new suit that fully just had a dead person inside it is about to leave. Okay, but if anyone was gonna wear a suit of a dead person, yeah. it's obviously Octavia. True. Hope asks her not to go because she doesn't want to grow up without her. Oh, no! Octavia says she's gonna come back and bring Bellamy and Maddie and Clark and everyone- and Hope asks if Murphy will also be there. And Octavia says yes. Okay, so this is my only opportunity to talk about Murphy this episode. Okay. And I would like to do so, if you don't mind. Okay. So this is, like, a really great, like, rule of threes type thing that's happening here. Because um, we learned that, not necessarily that Murphy was Maddie's favorite, but Maddie, when having met Murphy, she said, I thought you'd be funnier. Yep. So clearly she has learned about Murphy and heard the legend of John Murphy. The legend and that he's supposed to be very funny, right? Yes. Then we get Jordan and Mur Monty specifically says that Murphy was Jordan's favorite. So we get that. <laughs> and now we also hear that Hope also is like really hoping for Mur to meet Murphy as well. Oh my god. So like that's a really lovely rule of threes that I relate to. Um, and it's also interesting because I truly believe, I mean, especially Monty after spending like six years on the ring with Murphy, he definitely would have had good Murphy stories. Clark was kind of surprised that she had spoken so like highly of Murphy, but the real one is Octavia. Octavia apparently tells good stories about Murphy. I mean, all you have to do is hear the things that Murphy has said factually to yeah. be like, oh my God, yeah, that man is funny. It's just like a surprise. Um, okay, so is Octavia aware that when she says, I'll bring back an army, blah, 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 that it, it's never realistic that she'll see, like, Dioza alive again? I mean, that's the thing, is she's just, like, having these thoughts, and then Dioza, like, reminds her of that. Yeah. And I think that, like, she just kind of has these, like, really, um... I think she didn't think about the time differential, like, because she doesn't, like, they've only, they only experienced it when they first showed up, right? Yeah. So, like... I'm sure because Dioza spent those three months alone, it's a bigger deal to her than right. it is to Octavia. So she probably, Octavia probably thinks about it less than, than Dioza does. <sighs> and so Dioza has to point out the time differential to her. That's so sad. Like, they're never going to see each other again. Yeah. Um, Octavia says she has to go, but she loves her. They hug and Octavia cries. Hope, sweetie, I'm so sorry that you're hugging this suit that a dead person was just recently rotting in. Oh, no! <laughs> you deserve better. No one's talking about it, but I think they should. Okay. Octavia heads outside and sees Dioza. She has broken the helmet so that Octavia can't use it. <gasps> Dioza knows that she'll be mad, but she believes that she's saving Octavia's life. Octavia fights Dioza, who tells Octavia that she and Hope need her and she can't go. 
Bellamy left her to die, so why aren't Dioza and Hope enough? Oct- oh my god. Octavia reveals that she just wants to tell Bellamy that she understands why he left her because of Hope. I'm not, like- Well, I- is it that she- is it that she understands why he left her, or is it just that she understands how it's how it is to be an older sibling? Or to care for someone else. That makes way more sense, because my next question was, why is it because of Hope? Because I, I originally thought he, she understands why he left why he left her, and then she said, because of Hope, and I was like, huh? So now that makes more sense, that it would be... Yeah, I think it's just, like, that she understands what it was like to be him mm-hmm. because of hope because okay. she's been caring for someone who's like smaller and she has to protect mm-hmm. and like she has a responsibility to someone else now yeah, exactly i gotta say in season five i truly thought that octavia could not be redeemed but they heckin bamboozled me yeah into loving octavia <laughs> again so weird. They, they really had, did they had to pair her up with a terrorist mm-hmm. and somehow like they made magic it works so well like they're their chemistry is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of last season did not work to me. Like, yeah. I mean, the first half was really strong, which I think is why I was so bitter when the second half fell the frick apart. But See. the thing that was always really strong is Octavia and Dioza. So, like, mm-hmm. once they left the story and that duo was, like, not quite around anymore, I was like, but that was the best part. <laughs> yeah, I, like, still wasn't completely back on Octavia's side last season. But this season, it's heckin' two episodes in and I'm already like, all right. Yeah. You're back in my good books. I don't know how you got here, but you are. Like, you've made mistakes, and also you did a lot of really sh- things, but I don't actively want you to, to die. Right. Exactly. Later that day, Hope is drawing a picture of her family. Oh my which god. Which is just the three of them. And Dioza is trying to get her to learn words. Octavia enters, grabbing the gardening supplies, and Dioza allows Hope to go out and help her. At night, Dioza sings Hush Little Baby to Hope to get her to sleep. When I watched it for the first time last night with Sam, I was like, I really want to know what lullaby she's singing, because I... Did you... You figured it out? Yeah, it was, um... They had, uh, the subtitles on Netflix. Oh, great. Which I was hoping for. So it was Hush Little Baby, is what she was singing, um, to get her to sleep. Octavia writes a letter to Bellamy saying that she's living with Hope and Dioza and basically all the stuff that she wanted to say to him. She misses him and she loves him. She may be dead when he gets it, but she was happy and had a family. She puts it in a water bottle with a bunch of rocks and throws it into the lake, hoping it maybe gets to Bellamy. So this is a really great parallel of Bellamy not getting, not even receiving her letter, mm-hmm. not even getting to answer back, and not mm-hmm. getting any of Clark's calls at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Bellamy's always like, I always be missing stuff. <laughs> right. He needs a cell phone. Yeah. Get a um, pager. Wait, okay, so so Octavia basically, is she angry at Dioza for doing what she did, or? She definitely was at first, but then when they started, like, scuffling and fighting and everything, and she started telling Dioza why she wants to go back to Bellamy, she starts crying, and it seems like they're back on the same page, really. Yeah. Okay, so she doesn't blame Dioza for, like, no, taking no. that chance away? Not anymore, Interesting, no. okay. Because, I mean, now, why does Dioza think that her going back will kill her? Because it's dangerous back on Sanctum? It's like... Well, she's just, like, she doesn't know if it will, like, she also said earlier, like, when Octavia, if Octavia gets too deep, like, her heckin' ear, her ears are gonna explode, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, she's gonna get too deep, and it's not gonna, like, she's gonna die down there, basically. But she came out that way. Well, you come out, and you go all the way up. You just go straight up. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, you don't know if it's, like, on the, like, that's the problem, is that, like, in my understanding, the, like, portal is, like, in the middle of the lake, and when you get up, you're like, but she's trying to go all the way down, 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 mm-hmm. which, like, isn't even where the portal is, I don't think. Like, there's, there's like, a glow at the bottom there, but, like, Right, like, that's maybe not... it doesn't, maybe it has to be activated on Skyrim I mean, or something? I mean, the, the water bottle goes through, so now I'm, like, not actually sure. Wait, the water but... bottle goes through? Yeah, it does. 
Um, we'll talk about that in a sec. But it was dangerous to swim down. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, Diosa's main issue is being left alone because she doesn't want Hope to, like, basically, like, if Octavia's gone for a second, then that's another three months. And if she decides to go for, like, a full day, it's been hundreds of years. Yeah. And Hope is gonna have to have lived alone without Dioza, like, after she's buried Dioza for, like, year, and then just die alone, basically. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I would, I now understand Dioza's argument, because it's like, it's not so much that Hope would live alone, but that Hope would also die alone. Yeah. 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 And she's, she makes a really good, like, it's a really intense moment, too, for Dioza for being vulnerable, because Octavia, she's like, she's like, saying at first that it's just for Hope, but then she's like, I need you too. Like, we both need you here. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. A few years later, Octavia's sewing the shirt she was wearing when she arrived. They talk about how Dioza ripped off the arm of it when they were trying to fix her Dumbledore hand. <laughs> oh my god. She could have made Hope some pants out of it if she hadn't done that, bud. Say lovey. <laughs> Dioza says both ass and damn in this conversation, so she's on dishes for the next two days. Oh my god. <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't have to because bad things happen. Oh no. So they hear something outside, so she goes to check, and the anomaly light is getting bigger. She runs back to her house. The people in the suits are here, and they are not happy. So they're shooting at her, and they found Octavia's letter, which is how they knew to come. Oops. Oh, no. So basically, it's really interesting, actually, because they say, are you Octavia or are you Dioza? Right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, and I realize that in the letter, she says, but it's okay, I have hope. Right? In the letter, she says, I have hope. Right? Mm. And if Bellamy read it, he'd be like, Oh, hope. yeah. Hope the kid. But because these random people are reading it, they think there's only two people. Right? Because yeah. she didn't, because she didn't mention, she did, but. It's the word. Know, it's a it's, word, it's right? It's a double entendre. Situation. So they think it's just the two people. And so that's how they know who they are. And they want them gone because of like where this place like really is. And we'll talk about that when Hope talks about it in the current timeline. So it turns out that you come from Sanctum into the lake, but if you go back into the lake, you go to Bardo. So, like, it's kind of like a line, you know? You can't oh, just, wait, like... Wait, 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 Skyring isn't Bardo? No, Bardo is another thing. So it's like, it's like if you had, like, a beads. If you had, like, a string of beads, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can go this way, but you can't go backwards. Yeah. You oh, You have to got, keep going... F- gotcha, okay, yeah. okay. So that's kind of what how that works. So um, if you go back into the lake, point. you go to Bardo? Yes. Right. Yeah. So she was never going to get back to Sanctum ever. Correct. It's a little confusing to me how it works exactly. This was the bit with, like, the most interesting stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of it has, like, the science, but I've basically laid out everything that you need to know about the science in my notes. Okay. So. This was the most emotionally impactful part of the episode. Definitely. Like, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so, like... Now, Tiki and Dio's relationship was so interesting to me that I'm like, oh, maybe I want to watch these scenes. Mm-hmm. I think you would be fine to watch this episode. Like, Yeah, I agree. I think this episode is worth watching, and I think it's very good. Yeah, it was it was entertaining and not triggering to me in any way. And, like, back when I spent hours upon hours thinking about the lore of the hundred and, like, how the mystery all connects. This was very that. It was, yeah. Not when you wasted your own time. <laughs> Well, yeah. And but it I, was fun. It was fun. Like, I, I, think, I think I think time that you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Yeah, at the time, I enjoyed <laughs> wasting that time. So, like, yeah, like, if I still had the energy to dedicate to the this show, which I don't anymore, which mm-hmm. is sad, 
I would have a lot to play with from this episode. Mm-hmm. I think because it's very much like Lucy and the football, like, you don't want to dedicate that time, and then the show just kind of call you stupid for doing it, so you're like, okay, I won't do it, but I wish that I could. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what you were saying about Octa- or about Dioza now that Brittany finished cleaning up Kobe's poop? Oh, what did I say? Oh, I was talking about, was I talking about the Bardo thing? Yeah, I think okay. so, yeah. Uh, it's a little confusing to me how the the anomaly string, like, planets work, because we, like, the rules that we learn from Hope are that you come through from Sanctum into the bottom of the lake, huh. and you come out on Bardo. On Skyring. Sorry. You come out through the bottom of the lake from Sanctum to Skyring, Sky and then if you go back through the bottom of the lake, you go, you go to, to Bardo. Bardo. But there are people that come at the end of the Hope Dioza Octavia storyline that come from Bardo and they come out of the lake. Yeah, it's so, yeah, that's a little confusing. I definitely agree. So we're still learning about that, really. So I'm just like, so if they came from there, like, is the entrance all the same? But you can only go one way when you're leaving. That's that's or, why. Yeah, it's like a little confusing because it's like, okay, so from Skyring, there is literally no way to get to Sanctum, right? Or do you? Or do you have to like? dial home in the on the anomaly oh stone, right and then maybe and then you can go wherever you tell it to go gotcha okay that that feels better well you'll you'll understand this soon um and actually speaking of this i missed um, one of our thoughts from listeners we got a soundcloud comment from subatomic fox who i recognize that username because they've commented a lot um previously so thank you for listening and commenting i appreciate it um and they said bardo in tibetan tradition is a space between death and rebirth sort of like a purgatory for people who believe in reincarnation i guess i'm sure this will be meaningless narratively it's just interesting to think about no i think that's a i don't i don't think that's i mean obviously this this was written before last night's episode Mm -hmm. and i definitely think that it being a sort of purgatory it totally makes sense oh Yeah. yeah They're shooting her and found Octavia's letter and that's how they knew to come. Uh, yeah, okay, Sanctum into the lake. If you go back into the lake, you go to Bardo. Dioza says that Octavia left a while ago and so she lives here all alone now. She's trying to protect Octavia? The people are going to check the house anyway, so Dioza calls to Octavia as if she's the only one there. Octavia hides Hope in the house and we see the scene that Hope saw in the toxic air, which obviously haunts her. Um, you remember like last episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do we know why these people think that they're such a threat? I think the thing is that they don't want them on there because it is a, it's a prison planet. So there's only supposed to be specific people there. Skyring is a prison planet. Correct. But they've been living here all this time and never had a problem. Yeah, and so as soon as they get the, as soon as the, they find the bottle and find out that they're there, now they're mad and they want them to leave. No, but like the thing is like, Octavia and Joseph Hope have been living there the whole time on the prison planet and they've never had an issue before. Well, Hope says later that after they left, that the prisoners started like coming. Like, I guess they just haven't had prisoners because, you know, the person who they found in the suit in the ground was like, obviously was one of the prisoners that was supposed to be there. And obviously there was another prisoner who was there who buried them. Okay. We only, we only really know of one other person who wasn't a Bardo person who has been there before, and we'll talk about him in the in the other storyline. Okay, but I mean, you could argue that they basically just created their own friggin' problem by alerting everyone to the fact that Octavia and Dioza were there. Literally, yes. Basically. Yeah. Octavia gets taken outside, and she and Dioza are handcuffed and taken away. 
They get helmets put on because Anders wants them to remember everything. And we'll talk about Anders later. Uh, because because obviously when you go through and everything, your memory gets taken away. And I guess that if you're wearing the helmets, that then it, it doesn't. Um, okay. Well, that would make sense because Octavia and Hope both came through Sanctum and didn't remember anything that happened on Skyring. Yeah. So the helmet, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Octavia lost her entire life when she came back through. Yeah. Um, Hope waits a while and goes outside, and now she's alone. So they didn't voluntarily leave Hope. No, no. So she's been looking for them this entire time, I'm guessing? It was. It's right. a devastating scene, because, like, yeah. they both get taken, and she's she's still little. She's, like, maybe she, nine. No, she's ten. She says, oh, uh, yeah. she says in the other storyline, she says that she was ten. Yeah, oh so my she's God. ten, and they get taken, and they're gone. And she has no way of getting to them, because, like, Octavia never got to the bottom of the lake. Like, she stopped trying after she threw the bottle in. So, like, she literally, she doesn't know what to do. And she does, she talks a lot about that in the, uh, in the present okay. timeline, so we can get started on there. But okay. first, Brittany, would you like to tell me about Patreon? Oh, uh, yeah. Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. I almost got through that sentence. <laughs> tell me more. Um, so, for example, if we're one of your favorite creators, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Why can't I, what is going on with me? Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> our donations start at like a dollar a month. This is the kind of content you're going to get, though. <laughs> uh, for a dollar a month, we provide a couple things. So you get early access to our pods by Lisa Day because Robin's a superstar editor who does all of our editing, which is why um, she's the MVP of this podcast, I, I would say. I agree. And you also, once a year, we send out postcards to our subscribers. And if you donate $5 or more a month, you get a discount to the small shop that Robin and I run. Um, she makes fandom-inspired embroidery, and I make um, resin slash epoxy art. So you can go check that out at shopbelux.com. And you get a discount if you're a Patreon. I think I now have six the hundred designs out. I yeah, have you just finished some. Bellamy, Clark, Raven, Murphy, Octavia, and Dioza. Um, so... Check those out. Our links will be in the description. And if you don't want to help us out on Patreon or you can't, that's okay. The next best thing you can do is go buy something from shopbelux.com. <laughs> but the thing that you can do also... The thing that you can actually do. Yeah, is recommend us to a friend because that's the best way to get our podcasts out there. And just to remind everybody... Uh, we have four other podcasts as well. We talk about Stranger Things, Lost, which is spoiler-free, by the way, Star Trek, and Riverdale. <laughs> we forget Star Trek. Riverdale is the one we have the most fun on. Um, and you don't have to watch Riverdale to listen to it. And so if you are bored and looking for things to watch in quarantine, I can absolutely 150% recommend every single one of the shows that we uh, we podcast about. Yes. yes. So um, we would love to have you over there. And if you have friends who are fans of those shows, go ahead and, and tell them about it. We would really appreciate it, you guys. Um, we hope that you're enjoying this episode so far. I'm having a great time. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to move on to the... Um, present storyline. Hope, Echo, and Gabriel come up through the lake just like Octavia. Echo says she lost her gun coming through. Hope remembers everything now and rushes to the house, which is empty. Um, she mentions that Octavia said that Echo was smart. Okay. So that's nice. Um, she's been gone for like a day, so it's probably been years upon years in Skyring. Echo finds her height chart as she was growing up, like, you know, like against the, the door. I missed that. Uh, Gabriel sees her creepy doll and comments on it, but Hope says it's not hers. So obviously. Wait, whose freaking doll is that? Well, other people have that's been here since off. she's been gone yeah. for hundreds of years. She says hundreds of years. I don't know yeah. if that's true. Oh my but. god. If this, I just don't want this to mean that Dios is dead. Uh, well, at, 
I don't, it is not, it is implied that Dioza is not dead. Okay, yeah, so we're we, assuming that she's alive because Anders has her. Yeah. And, like, the reason that she stabbed Octavia was to get Dioza freed. Yeah, she talks about that. Oh, um, so the deal was to murder Dio, murder Octavia well, to get it's Dioza not back? murder her, it's to tag her with a location. Chapter. Yeah, we'll talk about that, we'll talk about oh, that. Okay. But, um, it is heavily, I, I wouldn't even say implied, I would, I would say that it, uh, Dioza is not dead. And it seems as though the time on Sanctum and the time on Bardo is, like, very similar and the time on Skyring is, like, crazy, you know? Okay. So so since Bellamy is on Bardo, as far as, like, it's said, um, it, we think that he is also, like, chill and normal and every, time He's is moving. not an moving. old man. Yeah, not time is moving normally. <laughs> Echo asks where Bellamy is. Hope says that the people took him here and then used the bridge to take him to Bardo, which is the next stop. So you have to go places in order, which we talked about. The people that were chasing them are called the Disciples. A guy named Anders, who is the leader of the Disciples, said that if Hope tagged Octavia, he would let Dioza live. She wasn't trading Octavia's life for Dioza, she was just tagging her location so they could find her. And that's why, and Octavia said, I believe she said at the end of last season that she understood what was happening and she was okay with it. But then why stab her? That's it, you got it. She says that you have to get it in real deep. Or else they could, like, get turned inside out or something. Yeah, she like has to stat Like, the location tracker has to be, like, deep within her body. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, she'll get uh, splinched. Yeah, basically. I don't know if that was just the writers being like, we have to make it make sense that she stabbed her, which is probably what it was. It's but But whatever, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, that's it's fine. Okay. It's just like, I was like, well, then they should have just had her swallow. <laughs> right, right. Um, That would have been too much like the chip, though, I feel like. Mm. I guess. But, like... Either in a bad way, because obviously it, it was the chip, but potentially in a good way, because then it would have been a parallel. Oh, and then Hope says, my mother, my responsibility. <laughs> which Gino. is which is just, like, kind of funny, because, like, obviously that was Bellamy's thing, and Octavia has heard him say that, so she said it or whatever. And so it's kind of an eye roll, but also, like, no. Like, my mother is not my responsibility. No. Oh, my mom's my responsibility. Oh, okay. Well, that's great for you. (laughs) Like, as far as I know, when I was growing up, it was like, my mother, her responsibility is me. You know what I mean? Different bonds with single moms. I guess so, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, that's fair. She looks for and finds this, like, key thing, which opens a door in the floor. They go down and see the anomaly stone, so they also have an anomaly stone here. Wait, in the house? It's under the house. How the hell did it get there? Somebody built the cabin on top of it. Yeah. So it was in their basement the entire time and they didn't know it? No, they knew it. Well, yeah, they knew about it. Hope says that she used to play down there. They just never figured out how to use use it. it. Because, like, Octavia doesn't see the one on Sanctum until after she's back from... God. And she's she's forgotten what's happened by then. Exactly. Um, They go down to the Anomaly Stone. Hope says she used to play down there. Gabriel sees the initial CB, which comes back later. All they have to do now is input the coordinates that were in Hope's arm. Oh, okay. And she says, a friend on the inside gave it to me. I don't know what that means. On the inside of what? I I don't know. I don't Crime. Know what um, Prison. But alas, and of course, the code is gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wait, why? I'm thinking it had to be prison, right? Because, like, she talks about how the, she understands the countdown, meaning yeah. he's a prisoner. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but we're talking we get- about the, we're talking about the coordinates that were in her arm right now, though, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if she was if she was held in the same prison where her mom and Octavia were with, like, Anders or whatever, oh. she might have, like, that could... Because, like, 
a friend on the inside has got to be like something oh, like that. Like either I she was in inside pre- of their organization. For Maybe, some yeah. for some reason, I did not think that she has seen Octavia and Dioza since like those ten years. Well, she might not have, but like she. But knows she's definitely talked to Anders. Like she clearly knows they're alive because she knows the person who took them would offered her a trade. Because yeah, because Anders is the one that offers the trade, I believe, right? Every time you say Anders, I think of Anders from BSG. Same. Don't know what to tell you. I hope he's That's played probably. by Michael Truco. I if he is, I will lose my mind. Uh, yeah, so the coat is gone because it got washed away when they were in the water, I guess. Back outside, Echo wants to go to the lake, but Hope stops her. It's not a way out. Um, and then Hope says, what is it about Bellamy that has otherwise sensible women willing to die for him? I know you have thoughts on this. <laughs> I just think it's one of the single most misogynist lines this show's ever really spouted. Yeah. Like, it's not sensible people. It's such a point of use, the word woman. And I'm like, what is that supposed to be about? Like, otherwise sensible women, you have an example of two. You have Octavia and Echo now. Right. And that's it. And also, like, why is it that he's a man and they're women and they're dying for him? Like, how is that different from Hope, like, trying to get back to Dioza? Like, they're familial bonds. Yeah. Right. Like, it, I don't know. it's just, it's it's a needlessly pointed line that I know they were trying to say something to the audience. I don't know what it, it was. It feels like a slight at the fandom, like, to me. Because, mm. like, like, it seems like Jason being, like... Like, I could be interpreting it wrong. I could be interpreting it, like, through bias of not trusting Jason anymore and thinking he has a warped view of his, the fans of his show. Uh, but it also plays, like, uh, undercutting the way that the audience values Bellamy. Which I think is playing a huge role in how season seven is playing out. Because he Bellamy's doesn't- still gone? Bellamy is still gone. Bob was excluded from all promotion and, like- Hype was, for the he show. Was, wasn't even on the poster. That is on so the poster. weird He's to not me. in the trailer. He wasn't in the countdown. He wasn't in the countdown. And so, like, it it plays, the line plays to me, like, the writers saying, why do you give, so, why do you care so much about Bellamy? You're right. stupid. And I'm like, no, no one is. Bellamy's a great character. And you Bellamy, love him. And Bellamy's one of my favorite characters. Absolutely. Like, why do you, why do you? It's, it's just, like, it feels like mocking people for caring about something that they've created, and it's kind I, of dumb to me. I, I don't feel know if it's as deep as that, but I do know that it is the writer saying something to their audience, because, and, like, if you don't think that, that's totally fine. Sure. But having been in this fandom and, and interacted with these writers for a number of years, they do tell things to their audience through dialogue. This is definitely one of those lines. Anyway, I feel really slighted about the fact that my Murphy Me Endgame is not happening, and I'm really upset about it. I think you should be. um, Octavia tried to get back to Bellamy for six years. Hope says that she was there for 20, so Hope is about 20 years old. Um, Octavia was there for 10, but stopped trying after six. Does that make sense? Yes. And then Gabriel calls for them. So back inside, Gabriel says that once the paper dries... He'll be able to get the indentations off the paper using, like, charcoal. Okay. So this is perfect. We love an arts and crafts moment. Yeah. Apparently, the writing on Octavia's back was for hope. So she explains that every mind has a unique code. And Gabriel's like, totally, yes, I get it. Because he's a genius or whatever. (laughs) So the code that was on Octavia's back was Hope's code. So she got pulled over to Sanctum because they put in Hope's code because it was on Octavia's back. Yeah, you're with me so far? No. Okay, so remember how Octavia has stuff on her back? Okay, yes. so they dialed it, and she yeah. gets yoinked in 
Right. Because they dialed her number, basically. Exactly. Okay. Does that make sense? It's so okay who? if you just say no. You just no. Say. So, basically, everybody has, like, a phone number. Let's say it's a phone number, right? Okay. Everybody has a phone number. And Hope, I think, or something, wrote her phone number on Octavia's back. Or, like, they found, like, for so- somehow, Octavia's back had Hope's phone number on it. And so when they get down there, they're like, the only thing that we have to go on is whatever's on Octavia's back. So they go and they touch all the pieces on the anomaly stone that coincide with the stuff on Octavia's back, right? Yeah. So then Hope gets yoinked over because they called her phone. Oh, and she ends up in the stabbing Octavia. Yeah. So, like, that's how she got to Sanctum. Yes. Not that sh- not that Hope dialed Sanctum. Yeah. Because like, she can't she get to Sanctum. In. So who wrote the stuff on Octavia's back? But, like, but I don't think that was she. Ha- she intentionally came to Sanctum, though, because she was looking, I think for, she was Octavia. looking for Octavia. Here's the thing, I think, though, is that somehow the number got on Octavia's back... And so Hope was just waiting for somebody. She was just waiting for them to eventually figure out how to call her number. Okay. And she knew that eventually her number would be called and she'd be able to do the thing. Oh, I've got a headcanon now. This could be... this. Okay, it's a theory, all right? (laughs) So Anders is the one who says, Hope, you need to tag Octavia so that we can get her back or something. And then I'll let your mother live, right? For some reason, Anders wants... To let Octavia go, right? But Anders is the one who has Octavia and Dioza. Let's say Hope has never seen them. Hasn't seen them since they left, okay? So Anders says, Hope, I'll let Octavia go and I'll write your number on the back here. And when your number eventually gets called, you will tag Octavia so you, that she'll come back and I'll save your mom. But he already has them, so why would he let her go? That's my question. I feel like a, I feel like Octavia breaks out. But that, but somehow she still like. But then, how does she get Hope's number on I, her? I would well, guess I the like, memorize it. Yeah, I feel like one of them like learned it and okay. memorized it and like got it to Octavia. But either way, that's my guess is that. Octavia got away, and that's the way that she knew she could. Like, Anders knew that Hope would be able to tag her because they would eventually call her number. Right. That's my guess. So, Octavia's back was Hope's code, so she got pulled over and tagged Octavia to pull her back. Not sure how she learned all of this. I'm guessing probably Anders or somebody told her. Yeah. Echo asks if she knew Bellamy was also getting taken, but she said that she didn't. Octavia loves him, so she would never hurt him. Gabriel's indentation trick has not worked, so never mind, I guess. Also, Octavia loves him, but never hurt him, but, like, once sentenced him to death. Yeah. Once Whoops. beat him to a pulp. Yeah. So, um, so it goes Sanctum to Skyring to Bardo to question mark? Like, I don't know if it goes back to Sanctum after that, or if it continues on. I don't know. I mean, well, they list off several. They list off, like, through, like, G when- Oh, right, that's when true. When Russell is, like- if, That's if, seven. I, I think I just pulled G out of thin air. Oh, okay. Um, when Russell talks about, like, like all Russell the is talking about, like, going to the alternate planets by stealing the mothership at the end of the right. Man, season. I wish the show was just this. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> so, so do I. interesting. I know. I love this stuff. And when we go back to Sanctum next episode, I'm going to be like, Ugh. Yeah. Sanctum just bums me out. Sanctum is, like, the unfun part of the hundred. But, like, this, like, this has, like, echoes of, like, the fun mystery of Earth with, like, the early seasons of The 100 that I really liked. Yeah, and, like, who are the grounders and, like, who are the mountain men? Who are the disciples? Like, yeah. that's what, yeah, like, that's what's what this the mythology. Is. And, like, it's all, it's all world building in a good way, and Sanctum is world building in a suffering so way, right? Which is, like, the, like, dichotomy between, in season five between, like, 
why I enjoyed, like, the ring stuff and why I was, like, upset by the bunker stuff because the bunker stuff was, like, an exercise in how much they could hurt those characters. And the ring was, like, found family. And I was like... Which is why I wrote a whole ass (laughs) fan fiction just about the stuff that happened on the ring. I was like, forget about the rest of that stuff. Right. But, like, when, when the show goes full, like... Exercise and suffering, torture porn. It's it's not good. Like I'm I'm really hoping, and I assume that it will, that both of these storylines will merge and we'll get like a much more interesting storyline overall. And we'll just occasionally like jump back to Shade Hedda Russell and I'll be like, (laughs) Oh boo. Every time I remember that that's a thing, I am sad. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a shame that like really interesting stories like this. Um, and, like, the first half of season six with, like, the primes and the clones and, like, body swapping and stuff was all introduced, like, so late in the show. Yeah. Because this, like, this could be a whole show in itself. Uh Exactly. Honestly, like, at this point, like, the Abby and Kane of it is so far away from, like, my anger at the show. My anger at the show is just how much it blows its own potential. Right. It's such... It's such a shame. Because there's so many cool ideas here, and I'm like, no, like, if you stop introducing these cool ideas, other people can have them and make whole shows out of them, and those shows will be really good. Uh So, stop. (laughs) You have enough ideas. Put put the rest back. Finish the story that you started. You're like, it's not a buy one, get one. It's not. (laughs) Echo notices that the fireplace is hot, so somebody's here. Um, Echo calls for Bellamy. Echo, I'm sorry, but Bellamy is not here. (laughs) Like, he's not here. Yeah. So is, can you assume he's on Bardo, or do you think he's on one of the other planets? Hope says that he's on Bardo. Uh, no fun, I want to see the other planet. Because she knows that those people are the disciples. Now that she's home and she has her memory back, she knows that those people are the disciples, and they're from Bardo, so they took him to Bardo. Um, but like, what are they disciples of? We don't know yet. So this creepy dude comes out of the closet and attacks, telling them to get out of his house. <laughs> um, would be like, okay, that's not your house, though. Well, it has been for a very long time, apparently. Okay, that's fair. Also, in the script to screen, it was revealed that this man's name was is Orlando. Um, Blue? Uh, uh, Blue. Beyonce? <laughs> um, Jones? Orlando Jones? Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Yeah, he's Orlando, really actor. Oh, heck, what's the heckin' guy who played Eddie on That's So Raven who went to jail? Orlando, oh my god! Orlando. I don't know. Orlando something else. Calrissian. My brain is just... <laughs> Orlando, Florida? <laughs> Disney World? Uh, Orlando Brown. <laughs> oh, did he went to jail? Yeah. For what? Ugh, bad things, I think. I don't remember. Oh, sad. Yikes. Either way, all of my notes refer to him as, like, the dude or this creepy dude or whatever because I didn't know that was his name when I wrote my notes. So just know that when I say that, I'm talking about this man whose name is Orlando. Um, he refers to the creepy doll as Hope. Ew, what? Echo notices while she's fighting him that he's got a full-on countdown clock on his arm. Like, it's legitimately, like, counting down. It's very, like, Jumanji. You know how, like, the tattoo on their arm changes based on what happens? Yeah, that sounds dope. Pretty. Yeah. Have you seen the movie End Time? Yes. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's dope. So that's, sorry, so that indicates what? Is that their lifespan or their prison sentence? That's their prison sentence. Gotcha. So, um, it's still got five years left on the timer. Oh. Prisoners get sent here to live out their sentences and then leave, having only been gone for a few minutes, like, in real time. So it's very convenient. Uh, oh. And, um. That's really cool. Uh, I love how many things, I watched this episode and I love how many things I'm learning. <laughs> 
listening to Robin's notes. Well, that was my thing, is that, like, constantly throughout this episode, we just hear, there's this, like, small hum in the background, which is supposed to be, like, the anomaly or whatever, but it was kind of annoying, and it was kind of hard because Hope, Echo, and Gabriel all have, like, lower registered voices, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, science that higher voices carry, you yeah. know? Like, the, the just the sound waves of your voice, like, you can... If you need somebody to hear you when you're in a party, if you talk all the way up here, no one's gonna hear that. No, they will hear you. Oh. Because high voices carry, right? And low voices just blur into the background. So when I was watching it for the first time without subtitles, I was like, okay, well, I missed that whole scene. Oh my <laughs> because, god. Because Hope, Echo, and Gabriel all speak in a lower register. So um, I also learned things while That's I was doing it. That's why everyone can hear Kristen Chenoweth at all times. Literally. Yeah. So I learned something today. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, Gabriel's like, that's efficient. Great. <laughs> We're like, thanks, bud. So the dude ran away, so they follow him. The gardens out there are the dudes. Cool. So the, he's like planted things in these gardens, but the gardens were there when, um, like the big planters, they were there when like Hope and Dioza and yeah, everybody wasn't lived that there. Their, like food supply? Yeah. So like they were there, but like he's it's like clear dug that- up bodies to keep himself company, basically. Yeah. Ah! Can I pop this open? Mm-hmm. Sir? So yeah, he's like clearly planted some things as well. Um and what, then other body parts? No, Was like he just- grown his own humans? No. <laughs> um they'll have to start planting soon so they can harvest before winter. And Echo's like what, 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 what? Winter, I'm trying to be here for three seconds and then go find Bellamy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so why, why, why can't they leave? Uh, yes. So, Hope says that the dude looks like he's surviving on jellyfish alone, and so he probably won't survive, survive like that, and they need him to survive these five years, because that's the next time people are gonna come and, like, get people. So they're stuck there for five years. That sure are. Basically, because they don't have the combination or, like, the number to get to Bardo, right? Which is what was supposed to be on the piece of paper. Echo says she's not waiting that long, but she genuinely does not have that- she just doesn't have a choice. I wouldn't want to wait that long if I was Echo either. Yeah. Um, Hope also says that Echo was brave, even though she didn't like her. So it's interesting what we're hearing Echo- or what we're hearing Octavia says about people. Why wouldn't Octavia like Echo? Well, Echo- Oh, right, because Echo stabbed her. Yeah. (laughs) The people, totally yeah. <laughs> so the people aren't going to want to take anyone but Orlando, so they kind of need him. I thought it was originally so that they could, like, force them to take our heroes as well or instead, but then Hope says that they're just going to kill them and take their suits to Bardo to pretend to be them, basically. Mm. Oh, why couldn't they just try the diplomatic way? I don't know. That's what I thought originally, but... I, I guess, I mean, Hope knows them better than I do, so she probably it's knows. It's the hundred. They're, yeah. There's no diplomacy. But it did remind me of last season, of the beginning of last season when they, like, got into the suits of those primes or whatever yeah. and then killed them and everything. Echo says this place is really nice for a prison. And I thought, huh, I feel like that has subtext. And I realized it's because in season two, she was kept in a cage. She sure was. <laughs> Gabriel says that isolation is the prison. Hope says she's dealt with one of the prisoners before, and so we'll talk about that later. So the dead guy? One of the dead guys, yeah. Okay. Everyone on Bardo is a warrior, but the people that they send here aren't good enough, so we should be able to just take them. Like, we can fight them. Wait, so they train to fight? Yeah, they're all supposed to be warriors. Oh boy. But the people who they send here, like, just aren't, they're just, like, slacking off or something. So they're they're not not necessarily bad people, they're just not great cult followers. I guess so. Oh, okay, so maybe these guys are not as bad as they seem Mm -hmm. in terms of being quote-unquote prisoners. I mean, we shall see, because they are stealing people away. Hope says that Octavia taught her to track, and mentions that Echo stabbed her and kicked her over a cliff. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm pretty sure she didn't kick her. I, yeah, like she yeah, definitely, definitely stabbed her. But she, she definitely did not stabbed kick her. her, but she didn't kick her. But it makes sense that Octavia could have embellished that. Yeah, and said that she kicked her. Yeah, Octavia fell over the cliff of her own volition. Not saying that that was Octavia's fault, but gravity plus stabby sword in forward motion equals go off cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, momentum. Yeah. So they follow this. My guy. math was better. Okay. Okay. So they follow this guy to this sort of, like, graveyard thing. He's dug up a bunch of dead people for company. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's like a picnic, and they're all playing chess. Hope recognizes one of the dead people as someone named Dev. Um, so Orlando shows up and starts freaking out and saying, like, Hope's name and stuff. Hope tries to tell him that she is Hope, but he gets spooked and runs away. Wait, who is this guy? His name's Orlando, and he's the one who has five. Oh, I thought you were saying it was Dev. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, sorry. one of the dead guys is Dev. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. Some guy with the name tag that says C-O-L, which first of all I think is cool because all of this is connected to Becca, mm-hmm. and C-O-L stands stands for City of Light. Um, I don't know if they meant to do that, but I saw that connection. That would be cool if they did. Gabriel recognized him as Colin Benson, who was on Allegis 3. He saw the CB downstairs, and so he knew that that's who it was. I wonder where they got the last name Benson from. Huh. Could it have say? been those Benson sisters? Probably. I love them. Um, that means he has a mind drive, one of the original runs that just downloads your memories. Mm-hmm. So he takes it, um, and we learn that they are, they must be on planet Beta. And Hope thinks that Skyring is a better name. Oh, okay, so Beta is Skyring. Gotcha. Right. So, yeah, basically, Gabriel and Russell, like, reverse engineered them to, like, hold people's minds rather yeah. than just their memory, or their consciousnesses instead of their memories. Um, but he has one of the, like, original ones. And me and Sam talked yesterday about, like, Allegis 3 and how that kind of, like, happened. Yeah, okay, so we were really confused as to how anyone from Allegis 3 ended up anywhere but Sanctum. Yeah. Because, um, and it's only Allegis 3 that like, had there the were, There were at least five, right? There were at least five Allegis missions, but only Allegis 3 had the Night Blood and the Mind Drives. Yeah, right. Because they were the only ones going out, like, this far, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, so we... It was confusing at first because we thought it had to have been a different Allegis, like, crew, but he says it's from Allegis 3, which is the same one that, like, the Primes are from. Mm-hmm. So we theorized that Allegis 3 sent small groups to a set of all these, like, six or seven planets. Which would make sense as to yeah. why Gabriel knew Alpha him. Alpha team. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were all yeah. different teams and went to different places. So yeah. that's how he knows him. Exactly. Okay, so, like, that makes there sense. Were, there were... Several teams on the mothership, and then each planet got a small team because that, and that's why there were only thirteen primes on Sanctum. Yeah, instead of a whole ship of people. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so did those people have reverse engineered mind drives? No, they just have regular ones. And what is what's the difference? So basically, in the original one, Becca made this so that like if somebody dies, you can find their body and take their mind drive and look at their memories to find to see all of the like information that they found and all the information that they got, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what they did when they re- reverse engineered them was so that they would like, full on hold people's memories and hold people's consciousnesses so you can put them into different bodies. Right. Okay. Which is not what this one is. It's literally just like the. It's he's just going a to record. Look- yeah, it's just like a it's just like a USB drive, basically. Okay, I wonder why Becca engineered them like that in the first place. Basically, just because they're trying to get information and they knew that things were dangerous, and so I think all the people who were getting those mind drives knew that like their their eyes were just records, you know? Yeah. Rather mm-hmm. than like you know what I mean, writing things down. Yeah. 
and having any kind of, like, human bias. Yeah. So, back at the cabin, Gabriel inserts Colin's, Colin's mind drive into this memory watcher thing, which totally didn't get ruined by the water. He brought it with him. Okay. Um, it's also said that Gabriel checked, uh, Josephine's mind drive, and she is really gone. So, that's said. Josephine's gone. She's dead. She's I mean, gone. that makes sense. The yeah. plot line was pretty wrapped up. Gabriel thinks that the Bardo people are probably also descended from Allegis. So, they're all hu- pure human, too? Probably, yeah. Okay. Hope says if Colin found out how to leave, he wouldn't be here. Gabriel says he was a quantum physicist, and if anyone could figure it out, it would be him. So then it's like, okay, well then, then what? He did figure it out, but he stayed? Like, Mm -hmm. either way, he's here. Becca shows up on his memories and tells him all about the mind drive. Like, they're watching it on the screen now, and Becca's talking to Colin. Gabriel is totally fangirling because he had a huge crush on Becca. It's kind of cute. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. He's like, oh my god. He's like, oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I had such a crush on her. And it's like, it's a great moment. Yeah. So Becca says that Russell is super pompous, and he thinks that Alpha is, like, the one. Like, Alpha's, like, the planet. Um, but Colin is going to Beta, and she thinks that time dilation is really cool. Uh, but so. also, like, Russell thinking that's, like, the cool planet. I'm like, bro, you can't leave, like, a single area of that planet outside of your bubble. Yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> be- okay. I'm betting the other planets slap harder. Yeah. Um, so they also say that time is accelerated because of the black hole. And Gabriel's like, of course, the black hole. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Like, okay, like, I'll just, I'm okay with just, like, being, like, okay, the black hole, but, uh, what? Black hole. How are you, okay, 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 how are you gonna have a stable, supposedly stable black hole Mm -hmm. exist in the middle of a planet? The black hole would swallow the planet. I don't think it's in the planet, but it's, like, near the planet? I, I still don't, don't, I'm not sure. If anybody understands... Like, I'm not nitpicking, I'm asking, like, what is the science here? Yeah. And then if the science isn't stable, then I'm nitpicking. But until then, like, how do you hold a black hole there? And, like, was the black hole engineered or naturally recurring? Mm -hmm. Because if it's naturally occurring, it's going to eat the planet. Yeah, that was unclear to me. But if it was clear to anyone else, please get a hold of us. Um, so Echo is bored and wants to fast forward, but Gabriel's living his Becca fantasy, so, um, he doesn't want to fast forward and tells her to shut up, basically. So they all know that the guy is going to eventually come back, so they're gonna take turns keeping watch. Okay. Outside, Echo finds, buried in one of the planters, the water bottle and the message inside for Bellamy. She also picks up a purple flower and smiles at it. I assume this has some sort of meaning, but I don't remember. Purple flower for Echo? Yeah, she literally, like, picked, it's like a lilac or something, and she picked it up and she smiled at it, and I was like, I'm not sure what significance this has. It feels like it does, but I don't remember. Like, for Echo, I don't feel a significance there, but in general, for the show, it reminds me of, uh... Finn picking that flower in the pilot and putting it in Octavia's hair. Right. Um, but if anyone remembers something specific to Echo that, uh... Please this, let us know. This is a callback to? Yeah. Yeah. Hope comes out and snatches the note out of her hand. I guess Hope had buried it after Octavia and Deosa got taken, but at this point in the episode, we don't know how it got back. Okay. Echo leaves her outside and joins Gabriel again. Did you have a thought? No, I just, it, you said at this point in the episode, and yeah. I was like, we know how it got there, and I was, <laughs> yeah. like, we just don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the people from Bardo just, like, dropped it, and were like, I guess we don't need this anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know. Whoopsies! Yeah. Inside, still watching Colin's memories, Gabriel finds out that Colin figured out how to get out of there using the Anomaly Stone by listening to the hum and pressing the symbols in the right order. Okay. It turns out he was the only survivor when their ship crashed on the planet, so they're, like, 
beta team or whatever, for, for some reason crashed and Colin's the only one who survived. That reminded me of when the Ark came down and, like, the the ring was fine and, like, and the, the one that Kane and Abby came down on was fine, but then Bellamy and, like, all those, the kids and, like, Murphy and stuff mm-hmm. find the ship with, that had Mel in it. Yeah. And, like, it had fully crashed. Yeah. So, like, that reminded mm-hmm. me of that. Okay, so was Beta Team always intended for Skyring? Yes. yes. So he survived, but like. I guess like the 12 other people or however many like didn't because it was a crash. Okay. But the people who Orlando dug up and stuff or whatever aren't necessarily those people because Dev was one of the prisoners that Hope talks about and he was also there. Okay. So it's not necessarily that his little graveyard thing, graveyard picnic thing, was, like, just all the people in Beta, or, like, in right. the Beta team. Like, it's just, it's just people who have been buried there, Yeah, like, basically. or, like, prisoners in Jungle Stone. Mm-hmm. Right. But all the people from Beta, except for Colin, died. Yes. Turns out Colin was the one who built the cabin. Oh, so there you go. So okay. Colin, Colin built it on top of the Anomaly Stone. Okay. So there we go. He still doesn't have the combo, but he's just going to keep watching because he believes that Colin eventually got it. Okay. Um, Echo joins Hope outside again. Bardo must have known they were here because she sent the letter to him or to them by accident, which we talked about. Um, Echo and Hope hug and Echo promises that they'll find all of them and bring them back. So now we ship that. We do. Uh, Like we were- I'm fine with that. Echo and Gabriel were talking and Robin was like, ooh, this is my crack ship. And then she went outside and hugged Hope and I was like- this might be my crack ship. I was like, hmm. I mean, like, apparently they're going to spend five years together. So you're telling me. Like, exactly. exactly. I'm going to ship every combination of these three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, here's the thing. Is it's it, fun. It's like, it's kind of, it feels a little bit like shipping Jordan with one of them. Because, like, yeah, he's an adult. But but it's not really the same. Is, because is Shelby older than Shannon? I don't think so. She doesn't look older than him. Probably not. But I feel like Hope is played with a lot more, like, world knowledge. Like, worldly knowledge. And she's she's at least 20 years old. We know that. Right. So, like, she plays herself with a lot more, like, experience and, like, worldly, like, life. And It's kind of wild that Hope was more developed in this one episode than Jordan was over a whole season. I was going to say that, like, it makes sense because, like, everybody who you could ship Jordan with, like knew Monty and Harper very well. And so I was like, exactly. oh, it's like less weird because Gabriel and Echo didn't know Dioza yeah, that well. But right. Gabriel did spend a bunch of time with Dioza last season. But um, still. They weren't like family <laughs> right. and junk and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's our OT3. And we're hoping, just hoping for that. You got them clown shoes on? Yeah. Yeah. So now we go back to Gabriel and he's still watching Colin's memories. And Colin recites the same poem every day. And the poem is... Mutability by Percy Shelley, mm. which I will now recite for you. Okay. We are as clouds that veil the midnight moon. How restlessly they speed and gleam and quiver, streaking the darkness radiantly. Yet soon, night closes round and they are lost forever. Or like forgotten lyres, whose dissonant strings give various response to each varying blast, to whose frail frame no second motion brings, one mood or modulation like the last. We rest. A dream has power to poison sleep. We rise. One wandering thought pollutes the day. We feel, conceive, or reason, laugh, or weep. Embrace fond woe, or cast our cares away. It is the same, for be it joy or sorrow, the path of its departure still is free. Man's yesterday may ne'er be like his morrow. Naught may endure but mutability. Hmm. I was like, 
It's very pretty. Yeah, it is very pretty. And I kind of looked up, like, what does mutability mean? Because I didn't feel like doing thoughts. And somebody just said it was a, it sheds light on the fragility of the human condition. Mm. And I was like, great, that's smarter than what I would have come up with. All right. But if you guys have more thoughts on this, we only hear him say the final stanza in the episode. But if anybody has more thoughts on mutability, the poem, um, the concepts, what you guys think it adds to it, or yeah. some insight about it, we would love to hear about Poetry it. Poetry and interpretation has never been... That was the one part of language arts that, like, I would have to bullshit my way through right. because I was not good at it. So Hope says that Echo must think that she's weak, but Echo thinks that she has great moves and she's really good at fighting. Oh, okay. Hope says that Dioza and Octavia were not the ones who taught her to fight. And, oh, and, oh, right. Yeah, and Dev is the one who did. He was a prisoner who came a few months after Dioza and Octavia left. So it's interesting, like, when she sees Dev's dead body, she's obviously really taken aback and really upset because Dev was kind of like... A friend. The, the, or the only father that she ever had because it was like she had spent a few months alone and he was like the only adult who was with her at that time, I guess. So how did he die there? That we don't know. Oh, at okay. This point. And neither does Hope because she just like has been gone forever and now finds his body, right? Okay. Um, but she did look, he had like this like uh, bracelet or something and that's how she knew it was him. So this bracelet will definitely be coming back, I feel like. Okay. So Colin, he's figured it out. Gabriel needs a pen to write down the correct sequence so that they'll have it. Um, he runs outside yelling that he needs a pen. I'm gonna pretend that this is a reference to the lost pilot, and I don't think, I don't think I'm wrong about that. Okay. No, I don't think you're wrong either. There's this really, in my mind, iconic moment in the lost pilot. It is screamingly funny. When Jack, who's the main character, sees a character named Boone, who's played by Ian Somerhalder, so, you know, he's a dumbass, and he's, like, trying to give CPR, and Jack's like, you're doing CPR wrong, and Boone's like, I'm a lifeguard, and Jack's like, you're a crappy lifeguard. I'm a lifeguard. Jack's like, thanks, I'm a doctor. Yeah, so he, like, is trying to save this woman, and Boone's like, how about we do, like, the tracheotomy where you do, like, the pen thing? Well, he doesn't say tracheotomy because he's an idiot, you know? So he says, what if we do the pen thing? And Jack goes, uh, yeah, go get me a pen. That just head was so empty. Literally just to get rid of him. Yep. And Boone takes it so seriously, he starts screaming, "Where? I need a pen, I need a pen. And you just see him, like, he's doing CPR, and Boone's, like, off yonder being like, give me a pen, somebody give me a pen. And then after all of the, like, wreckage is over... Boone walks up to Jack, who's having, like, a pensive moment looking into, like, a the fuselage of dead people or whatever, and Boone walks up and goes, here's a bunch of pens, he gives him, like, five pens. And Jack's like, thanks, <laughs> bro. Like, thanks, I needed that, like, never ago. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's a lost reference? Um, thanks. All out. So when they get back inside, uh, Orlando is holding the tablet, he came in through the heckin' back door. Watching this scene is truly excruciating, yeah. I'm gonna say it. So... They try to convince him to give it to them, saying that they can all leave, and he's like, I don't want to leave because I need to stay my whole sentence. And they're like, you know what? That's fine. You can stay, and we'll just go, and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. Right? This is what you want. And he also says that he serves the master. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this supposed to, I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be Anders or if it's supposed to be somebody else, but he says he serves the master. And then at the end of this excruciating scene, the dude just... Smashes it. Smashes it. Just breaks it into a million pieces. So, yeah, we're totally screwed, and I guess we're hanging out here. You have thoughts on this scene, Sam? Well, you had some thoughts when we watched it last night. 
You explained I, to me that this scene just kind of bummed you out mm-hmm. in, like, a storytelling way. Yeah, like, it's one of those scenes where the minute it starts, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Like, the second that Gabriel leaves the room, yeah. you're like, Without oh, the tablet? Like, you're like, oh, he's never gonna, he's never writing this down, he's not get, he's not gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And then you come back in, and that guy is holding it, and you're like, the second he walks in, I looked at Robin, and I was like, he's gonna smash it. Yep. And That's so sad. you just have to watch for the next three minutes as a captive in this, like... Just knowing it's not gonna work. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, ugh. And then he smashes it, and it's just devastating, and it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, but in in terms of your opinion, would you say that it was a scene that, like, actually was well done because of that, or was it something that you didn't enjoy? Well, I personally, like, didn't enjoy it just because I knew it was gonna happen, and I knew that everything they were doing was for naught. Yeah. Which is a classic The 100 thing, which yeah. is... Which you're gonna run into about a billion. It felt walls. very season four to me, oh, where all throughout season four they kept coming up with like solutions to survive the second apocalypse or whatever, and like you could tell from a long way out that they weren't gonna work, or you could tell halfway through getting there that it wasn't gonna work, mm-hmm. and it it felt very reminiscent of that. And like it's a decent scene, like it accomplishes narratively what it's supposed to accomplish, but it's also hard. It's just painful to watch. Like yeah. you don't like watching people lose when you know they're gonna lose from the very like moment that the scene starts Mm -hmm. god like anytime i'm reminded of season four i'm just like don't talk to me about season four yeah yeah the 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 narrative blue balls that you get through all of season four it's just not (laughs) worth it for the payoff but yeah it just it felt very much like that and i didn't enjoy that i do have thoughts about the disciple thing somehow connecting back to Cadigan because that's also very Mm. reminiscent of season four yeah and like him being like yeah and having Becca this episode is like yeah "Mm." because like that that was they were connected because he killed her yeah and um I don't know it's just very I'm very interested into in seeing how it ties back to all of that because like that's a plot point that never really got completely explored Mm -hmm. that I am very interested in like, please tie up that one loose end. That's a big one. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got for the episode. I I had a grand old time. I'm considering actually watching it. I loved this episode. It was very fun. If this is the best episode of the season, that's okay. <laughs> you know? Like, it was good. I'm, it was good. I'm, I'm, I'm I hope it's not. That that's possible. I hope it's not. But if it was, it was a good episode. Okay. Yeah. So now it's time for segments. Uh, my first segment is the post-apocalyptic sass watch, which is our favorite line award. Um, my favorite line award goes to Octavia and Dioza for... And think of someplace else. A place where you're happy. Oh, not a lot of choices there. <laughs> that one was really good. Yeah. I had... Oh, what was the one? Oh, I didn't pick this until just right this second. Uh-huh. But m- mine is when Gabriel says... We're on planet Beta. Skyring's better. The, the Dioza's really had a, some good, like, mm-hmm. one-liners in this episode. Would you look through your segment? <laughs> oh, yeah. My segment is Arcane and Abby still dead. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, my next segment is Most Valuable Protagonist Award. Uh, this week's MVP is Hope. She was on both, she was in both storylines, and she gave us a whole lot of information in the, like, later one, and it did not act, it didn't really feel like she was just, like, vomiting at us. No. Uh, it was quite good, actually, I thought. And, like, all of the actresses that they got for Little Hope all looked a lot like Shelby, and all of them did a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really did. Um, okay, so our next segment is how many episodes since the last murder? <laughs> I don't know if anyone died this episode. 
You mean like got can no one on no one got murdered in this episode? Yeah. Uh, we did see dead people who died in the past. I think no that counts. Murdered. Wow, that's why the episode was so good. No one heckin' died. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. So now it's time for our trailer reaction. Um, here we go. Three, two, one. Play. In the same place. And every time people die. Okay, so I think we're gonna get the. More Playa. I mean, yeah, there's more Clark and Gaia stuff. And Clark is burying a ring for sure. But please tell me there's at least some Sky Ring stuff happening this episode. I don't see any I don't, of it, but I, I don't want think it there so is. bad. I, I look think, forward to the show forgetting that Kane is also getting I think married. because we got all Sky Ring this week, we're getting all Sanctum next week. Like that they, doesn't seem because that reminds me of when they did the um in season three when they did one episode all at Arcadia and yeah. one episode all in uh the bunker Polis. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we see Sanctum, um, Clark talking to Gaia, which okay. Then we I get guess Kalia is Endgame. That is so weird. I'm not mad about it, but I understand why other people would be. I'm not mad about it because but it's because I'm not invested, but I will say their relationship has had little to no buildup. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who was subjected to Chakotay and Seven in Voyager. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I hear y'all. Like, as... Yeah, that, that really puts it in perspective. Like, because we aren't invested in Clark's relationship status with anybody in particular, we are fine with this. But anyone who is invested in Clark's relationship status with anyone, especially Bellamy, uh, has every reason to be a little upset. Mm-hmm. Listen, I didn't get over my version of this for like 16 years. <laughs> and then they did Picard and they made Seven into Women. You will get justice one day. <laughs> Your media just has to be taken away from the person who created it. And then somehow it works. Yeah, it's true. Um, we get Raven yelling at somebody to get out of there. We're at in Sanctum. Indra's telling Russell that, or Shade Hedda, I guess, Ooh. that um, his execution is at sunset. We get Murphy inside some sort of Mount Weather at. It's like Mount Weather, but blue. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of people fighting. Russell talking to Clark. We get. Russell talking to Trey and some guys. I was like, yo, Trey? Brittany. I'm going to do it every single time. Okay, let's just <laughs> every do, single just time. Just do that one little bit. I was like, yo, Trey. And then we'll cut it off. Want no more buy me a bottle of rosé? Okay, but then you have to stop before, okay, let's get it now. Why? Because then, cause, cause then, I, cause then I feel like I've, you've started something and you've not finished it. So if you just finish the sentence. Fine. Okay, great. <laughs> And then there's some guy holding a gun to Russell, which, you know what, dude, pull, pull, just the, trigger. pull the trigger at this yeah. point. Russell's I'll, not in there anymore. Listen, JR, you're a wonderful man, truly wonderful actor, really loved meeting and talking and hanging out with you. Do not care about Shadehead. I'm so he sorry, didn't my des- bitch. JR deserved a better storyline than this. Yeah. JR deserved to, like, bring Russell to a, an end point. Now he's play- like now he- the man is playing a different character. This yeah. is why I was frustrated last week, and this is why I stand by being frustrated. The show always forget, always pulls its own teeth out. Um, then we have Nikki on top of like punching Raven. I think which one's Nikki again? The the, the white one. We like oh right 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 right, 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 right. And then some guy getting like this is another thing that's like reminiscent of season two. Is like somebody getting like radiation poisoning and stuff. Sorry, dude. Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back to small baby trailers. Really? Well, That's it was like shame. 20 seconds long, but... Hey, at least it's not 11. Yeah. That was really annoying. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description. We'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast or some things that you think we could work on. Unfortunately, we can't get less annoying, so please don't write that. Um, and if you don't feel like writing a whole ass review, feel free to just do those little stars. We really appreciate that. And um, who sent us that really constructive email? Katie. Um, special shout out to Katie for actually giving us constructive criticism that, like, is really, like, making me think. Yeah. So, um. It felt yeah, very helpful. Just please know how much I treasure you and your feedback, and I think that that was a really cool thing to do. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We did the first four seasons of Riverdale. Riverdale has also been renewed for <laughs> season five and season six, and I could not be more thrilled um, you don't have to watch Riverdale to listen to our podcast no, you if you're don't. looking for more podcasts. I think in, like, season three is when we start, like, actually, like, formatting it in a way for, like, people who haven't seen the show to watch it. So, sorry if it's confusing for the first little bit there. Um, I also sorry that we really, we didn't really care for season one because we didn't know what we were watching. But God, season two is so good! Like, the thing about our Riverdale podcast is that... It's not going to be any less confusing if you watch the show. Yeah. Because the show will not make sense either. And that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We have finished the first two seasons. Like I said earlier, it is spoiler free. There's a spoiler section at the end once you finish the whole series. Um, but if you are looking for things to watch in quarantine, Lost is on Amazon Prime and Hulu. And um, it is one of the best television experiences that you can have. And... Uh, if you have heard it's too confusing, first of all, just pay attention. And second of all, if you need to, check out our podcast where we have some really incredible, insightful discussions about character. Yeah. We can't do a lot of theorizing just because we know what happens. But um, I love the conversations that we have about characters. It's the highlight of my life. Thanks. <laughs> if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts to talk on. It's... We've done all of season one, and we are currently doing season two. It comes out every six weeks, uh, and hopefully, eventually, one day, we'll have season four. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about basically all of Star Trek. Um, we have so far covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and we are working on like new stuff for the rest of Star Trek. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter, but I do post um, GIFs of all of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, so please support me. Go give her some love. Please. She's a nice person. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because this is expensive. Hmm. And if you don't want to help us out on Patreon, you can check out shopbelux.com. All of those links are in the description, and that's another way for you to help us monetarily and also get something cool out of it. Um, and if you can't do any of that, recommend us to a friend, please. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S, if you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> Our next episode is episode 703. It's called False Gods, which feels like it's about Murphy, don't worry. <laughs> That's beautiful. Probably it, right? I was re-listening to our 701 podcast, and you said the phrase false gods, and I was like, hey, that's the name of 703. That's beautiful. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.